0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Ryan Glover podcast with guests with the blueworldorder.com website I am of course Ryan Glover and the producer for this and every podcast is Jordan Taylor You'll hear his perspective throughout each podcast and with the final segment of the podcast Final Thoughts with JT Where me and Jordan will break down what the guests say for that specific podcast Today's guest is an NBA writer for CBSSports.com The one and only Matt Moore joins us this morning How you doing Matt?
1: Doing well, how are you guys?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So let's get into this new look, quote-unquote, Grizzlies team now after this trade down line. It was just about a week away. Since the trade deadline happened, a lot of stuff went down that you did not expect, in my opinion, from the Grizzlies, trading away Courtney Lee for basically four second round picks and then Chris Anderson, Birdman, and then of course PJ Harrison along the way. And then literally just in the dying seconds of the um trade deadline before it went down, they decided to trade away Jeff Green and get a first round pick and land Stevenson in return. So basically two expiring contracts, Matt, that looked like the Grizzlies had no intentions of re-signing this offseason. So before we break down the individual trades, what were your thoughts and perspectives of how Chris Wallace and the Grizzlies broke down the trade deadline and how you think they did?
1: You know, I, I think they did the most with what they had to. I, I think more than anything, the moves are indicative of where the franchise is kind of gearing itself. So they acquire four, for, four second rounders and a, fir, and a first rounder. So they're clearly saying, we need to restack the coffers because they traded so many away and trying to gear up for a championship run over the last few years and recognize we've got to get some draft picks back in line. Um, and then on top of that, you look at their financial situation, and while they do have a huge amount of cap space this summer, they knew that they weren't going to be able to afford a max contract for Mike Conley and be able to retain Courtney Lee at the price that he's likely to get at. That's kind of the missing story in all this. Is is I had kind of gotten indications from people i have spoken to over the last couple of months, that they knew that they weren't going to be able to keep both Mike and Courtney, and in that situation, you obviously say we'll keep Mike Conley at all costs. But you know, we probably need to plan for a future without Courtney. And in that situation, you know, you make the most of it. And getting four second rounders, that's actually a huge get in terms of the talent of that of that return. That volume mix is hard to acquire, even with them being second rounders. Um, you know, moving Jeff, I don't think it was a surprise, there have been rumors for weeks that the teammates were, uh, all of the team was basically tired of his attitude and tired of his play. Um, not necessarily his attitude, just of his play and him not being able to contribute. And for them to be able to take a flyer on a guy and get a pick out of it, that's just way too valuable of a return on investment for them not to make a move with that, especially with Jeff also head to free agency where they are unlikely unlike to resign him. So. For me, I think it's a big win for the organization in that they took assets that they were not going to be able to retain this summer, for whatever reason, and turned them into long-term assets. That's very difficult to do, and it's something that they managed to pull off very effectively.
2: Hey Matt, this is Jordan. So, do you think the moves that they made is pretty much a sign to the fans of Grizz, to, to the fans of the Grizzlies that they're pretty much in a rebuilding process, kind of like to get rid of the hopes of play any kind of deep playoff run?
1: no i don't think that this i don't think as long as they have mike and mark and they're going to have mike and mark for the foreseeable future i don't think the team is ever going to be in a rebuilding mode that's just not what they're going to do they're going to keep restocking around those guys and trying to find a combination that's able to make make a run in which everything goes right like they're they're looking for that perfect run in which it's a year in which there's no real strong super contender in the west and um, there's an injury that breaks their way. Like, they're trying to gear themselves up for, for it to be like a Mavericks type of year where they're able to shoot the gap where no one else is able to kind of uh, get to that point. But, you know, you, you, you look at it and you say, well, they got all these picks. Well, yeah, but they, they didn't get, they haven't mortgaged Mark Gasol for a, a, a top five pick. They haven't, they're not trading Mike Conley for, you know, the Brooklyn pick in, in Boston. They're not doing that. They're still stocking up, to retool later I think this is definitely a sign of look Marcus Hall's out for the year we're not going to beat the Warriors we weren't going to beat the Warriors before we have to figure out a way to get to whatever is going to come after Zebo. we got to find a path to that and no matter what happens we have to reconfigure the squad because that's just what happens um, let's start getting the assets in place to be able to make decisions when we can but I don't see this at all as a capitulation on any front of the playoffs for this year Um, or in the future in terms of changing the direction of the franchise. You don't rebuild when you have Mark Gasol and Mike Conway. They're too good.
0: So now the individual trades, Matt. Obviously, P.J. Harrison was basically the cornerstone. They got back in the trade, obviously, with the four second-round picks, too. We know Chris or Anderson is easily going to be here for the rest of the season or possibly get bought out at some point. So with P.J. Harrison obviously still on his rookie deal, in my opinion I always thought he was a little bit tad bit overweight, never puts the heart and dedication into being successful and possibly live up to his hype that he could be. So your thoughts on P.J. Harrison, is he somebody that the Grizzlies look at long term and think they can be a successful chip here, or is is he just basically a rental too? Where Basically Memphis in this summer is basically only going to have Zach, Tony, Mark, and Mike under the books, and then everybody else are going to try to get somebody in free agency. It's
1: a flyer. You know, you, you take a shot on PJ and you hope that um, he can follow in the footsteps of so many others and, and lands as much in the same mold of of guys that didn't work where they were that wound up working in Memphis. That's been their MO. That's been their entire kind of structure. Uh, and, and that's very clearly kind of what the, the thought process was here as well. That They thought that they could get a guy on the cheap that, hey, you know, if he clicks and, and really connects here and it works, this is going to be phenomenal. But... Um, uh, he's had a rough start the, the conditioning issues you mentioned he's also like he's just got a bad attitude and that's been long standing he's, he's an attitude problem and in Memphis that can mean that you you become beloved and everyone just adores you and it all works out and you know it, it, it's up to him in terms of what he wants to make how much he wants to make the best of this you know he's going to have competition down from the Jordan Adams at that spot uh, it's they're crunched on the wing even after the trades that they made. So I think it's going to be hard for him, but it was just simply a matter of Memphis being willing to take the flyer on him because they got those four-second-round picks as well.
0: And then, of course, with Lance Stevenson, we know he has that over $8 million team option for this summer where arguably they could either decline it and then maybe sign him to a, maybe a minimum deal, maybe just a one-year deal, or they decide to opt in and take his money. So your thoughts on Lance, obviously it was obviously heard in the Twitter world from Adrian Wozanowski he tweeted out that the players inside the organization actually want to be successful with Lance on the team, and they had no indications of waiving him when they acquired him. So do you see Lance here, either opt uh, the team decides to opt him in this summer, or is he basically a rental tour, or do they really, really think Lance can basically get back to those Indiana Pacers days?
1: Again, I think they're that hit the flyer on him because of the non-guarantee. You know, They've got flexibility. If he fits in and he follows the the format of Tony and is able to, to suddenly excel and it's this brilliant move and that's great. If not, well, they can get rid of him and there's no real cost to them. I don't necessarily think. I can't imagine. And I haven't spoken with them about this, but I can't imagine that there was an actual thought process of, oh, this will definitely work. Like they left themselves out. You know, they they have the ability to pivot in case Lance does what he has done, which is disrupt the locker room, upset people, get on people's nerves, and fail to fit in on the basketball court. If he can't get himself in the right kind of place to be able to contribute, then they're going to let him go. and it's not They're not going to needlessly commit themselves to him because they are going to have options in free agency this summer. There is going to be value to be found. That's the one thing to keep in mind is that with the free agency market, there's a lot of weak players. So got, The guys in the top 20 are going to get paid, but there's going to be opportunities for Memphis to take guys that might not necessarily be as wanted and be able to get them on value deals so you know Lance is going to have to I think earn really his opportunity if they do wind up doing something the concern for me I think is that if he winds up having a strong spring and then the team gets way too excited about him and decides to overcommit, you have to keep Lance Stevenson on a very short contract with outs for yourself in order to maximize um, the benefit and leverage against the risk because he's just that unstable and there's no way to really commit to him in any sort of meaningful fashion.
0: Because you know, Lance, back in the successful days of Indiana, right? When the uh, Indiana sort of played like the old Memphis Grizzlies with David West and Roy Hibbert, and of course Memphis doesn't have that Paul George, uh, arguably a arguably top ten player in the world, superstar on their team. But that's basically how Lance strived, right? You knew you had those two big guys where you could dump it down with Mark and Zebo going forward, most likely if they remain healthy and remain under contract. And then you want Mike Conley to stay here for the for the future hopefully strive to be that top five point guard that we all think he can be. So maybe is that that Lance Stevenson role where you want him to be that six man and let him do all his crazy dancing and movements that he does with the ball and be the playmaker off the bench? Or do you think Dave Yeager and this team decides to slid him in as that number two guy and basically, like you said, be the replacement for Tony Allen in a couple of years when his contract comes up?
1: Yeah, I think he, he brings, he brings a certain amount of versatility, which is important because for years Memphis hasn't had anybody that could create on the wing and he's, the thing about, about Stevenson is is that he is surprisingly gifted in facilitating. You know, guys with his ilk and caliber and, and really kind of archetype, you expect them to be gunners. You expect them to just simply be putting up shots for no apparent reason. And Lance's whole thing was versatility. He would rattle off triple-doubles like it was nothing because he's an extremely gifted basketball player in all phases of the game when he's locked in, engaged, and is able to make things fit. That's what made him so good in Indiana. So, He's kind of Tony except, how can I put this, um, he's more talented, he, he's more gifted, he has all these natural abilities that Tony has never had, that Tony has simply made up for with the fact that he is an absolute demon defensively, and Lance has a high gear defensively as well, so like, there's a fantastic player unlocked in there, it's just simply a matter of whether you feel that you can get that guy or not, and finding him is really difficult.
0: So transitioning over a little bit now to more of the Mike Conley, we obviously did a great podcast with him about a couple of months ago, talking to Mike individually about his free agency and going forward. I think we all make it quite clear that him and Mark have a great one-two connection, unlike anybody in the NBA, friendship-wise and, of course, teammate-wise. So I think all indications still point for him remaining here in Memphis this summer, and I think you would agree with me on that. With talking to him in the in the um, podcast that you did, you said on a scale of one to ten, how bad would it be to leave? Mark? He actually said an eleven. But you see, time from time throughout this season, where he has a hell of a game against Minnesota on that Friday night, and then against Toronto, the latest game the Grizzlies has played, he goes two for twelve, and only has eight points. I thought earlier on in the season that you know it might still have been that facial fracture that he had, where he was a little hesitant to put his body into people because he's he's always been you know finesse around the goal. Where he can finish with the right and left hand with the floaters, but he would always put his body into people and try to make contact. I haven't seen that much throughout the season. So what have you seen from Mike? Is it do you still see hesitation from him out there or what are you what are you seeing that we haven't seen the great Mike Connolly that we've witnessed for two to three seasons in a row?
1: He's just hurt. I mean that's just what it comes down to is Mike's had foot problems the last four years and he plays through it and he has a face injury and he played through it. You know, he and Mark have both taken a lot of serious injuries and they just simply played through it because of the kind of competitors that they are but it's caught up with him and he's having a down year. I'm not worried about it. I I just, I I have every indication that, that, you know, they'll get bounced out of the playoffs early this year. He'll have a full summer. He'll be able to rest. He'll go play for team USA. He won't make the team because the point guard position is ridiculous. Not because of how much they like him. because they love him. Um, He'll be able to rest the rest of the year. Um, They'll get marked back around training camp next year. And at that point, they're going to be right back where they were. They'll have a, a reconfigured team, but um, I really think that that Mike's in a place where he's just physically limited and, and worn out. And honestly, I just think that the last couple of years caught up with that team as a whole. Like they just play a lot of grueling, pounding series and played physical and deep playoff runs, and it just caught up with them. And I think that having a year in which he doesn't play as long is going to be actually a good thing for Mike Conley individually.
0: Because it feels like you know every year now since his rookie year he's had one la- lingering injury where it's either his face or like his foot, like you mentioned, or his ankle. So should the Grizzlies organization be hesitant to give him that five years fully max, or should they regardless? Because you know he has been such a great contributor on and off the court with the community, and of course on the court that they should just go ahead and just throw it to him.
1: Yeah, this conversation has been maddening to me. The people have actually been talking about it, like, well, is he really worth it? Yes, of course he's worth the max because you know why? Because you're Memphis. You're Memphis, and no one else is coming there. LeBron's not coming. Kevin Durant's not coming. This is not happening. You're not getting Al Horford. You take who you have. And that's a key component here is Mike Conley is willing to be your franchise guy, and he is more than good enough to fill in that gap. And you take the risk with his injuries, and you say, you know what? If it doesn't work out, we went with the best plan possible. But Mike is a leader on the court. He's got a spotless track record in terms of off the court. He's a community leader. He's a guy that everyone respects. He works hard. He has everything that you want in a point guard, and he's also really good at shooting the ball, which is something that you need. There's absolutely no question. On day one, hour one, minute one, second one of free agency, on July 1st at 12.01 a.m., Memphis needs to extend a max contract offer for Mike Conley. This is not even a debate.
0: Yeah. Okay, so obviously Matt now transitioning over to the Mark Gasol injury. We all know it happened about a couple of weeks ago now, and he had the surgery this past Saturday on the broken foot. A lot of people on Twitter are comparing it to the Yao Ming injury that happened, but we all agree that he obviously had way more foot and ankle problems before he actually got into that Jones fracture. So your thoughts on the initial injury for Mark? Should he literally just sit on his ass for the next five months and not do a darn thing, or is he really going to try to play in the, the Olympics this summer?
1: Um, my understanding is that he is not going to be available for the Olympics. My understanding is that he's going to be out until training camp. I, I don't, I don't see any possibility of him playing in the Olympics whatsoever. Um, I'm sure they want to keep that possibility open, but that's not going to happen. Marcus Marc is not going to play in the Olympics. Um, you know, he'll he'll be back for training camp, and it's a huge blow for Spain. But you know, he needs to get rested. He needs to really get himself 100. percent My biggest concern, actually, is that. He's not going to be able to do anything over the summer. Uh, he's going to have to sit on his backside, and in doing so, he's going to be out of shape again because that was a problem with him this year. So he's going to have to, to get through. Um, that's really the bigger concern is whether or not he's going to be ready for training camp physically um, before we even start talking about anything else.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that for sure. So, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate your perspective. You're great as always, and thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Okay. That was Matt Moore-Jordan of CBSSports.com, writer... Great perspective, as always, from Matt Moore. So let's get into it, Jim, with the final thoughts with JT segment. Now, we talked a little bit about the trade deadline. Your thoughts about the trade deadline for the Grizzlies acquiring those four second-round picks and, of course, P.J. Harrison and Birdman, and then the separate one, the first-round pick, and then, of course, Lance Stevenson, your overall thoughts about the trades.
2: You know, it kind of surprised me when he said that Memphis is not going into a rebuilding because that's kind of what it shouted out to me. You know me, right? I'm a first-to-last kind of guy. Memphis' name sure they ain't first. And they might as well be last to me because we well, haven't
0: been first in years, though. Exactly.
2: So why not rebuild now, especially when you got all the pieces in these picks?
0: Because, like he said, right, the, the <laughs> first round picks in 2019, and the yeah. and the four second round picks are from 2017 and onwards. Yeah, and that's still technically in the "quote unquote" core four era because you know Conlan. Sorry, excuse me, Tony Allen and Zebo's contracts not this summer, the year after. So that's mm-hmm. when the the picks would come in. So I, I think I see where he's coming from because he's thinking this summer. He's interesting. The other interesting part he said was that maybe Memphis can hit on the people that nobody thinks of or the people that they don't have enough value of, right? Remember when he said that? Because we know the key free agents out there this summer, obviously, Kevin Durant, Nicholas Batum, people of that nature that, you know, Grizzlies fans could hope and pray for, but, you know, unrealistic, right? So you're more – then you go to the 2A section where you're looking at maybe Evan Fournier in Orlando. A lot of people on Grizz Twitter like Evan Fournier. I'm still not sold on Evan. Boy,
2: he's 2A. I don't know. We got anything else?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because the – the one I really wanted, just as a personal level, was Harrison Barnes. I think you could really yeah, overpay for I think you could overpay for Harrison Barnes because I think that rumor about Kevin Durant took old, you know, Golden State from Oklahoma City might be a possibility, and then they would have no room to re-sign Harrison Barnes.
2: Did you hear? I forgot what exactly Zach Lowe said, but he was basically talking about why fix something that's already so great? Like, is it really worth it to ruin that chemistry or potentially ruin that chemistry just to bring in Kevin Durant? Like, you lose all the depth that you've built that greatness on just for another star.
0: Because what would happen if they beat the Bulls 72 record this summer, Mm -hmm. this year, right? Right then win an NBA championship, and then trade away Harrison Barnes, Festus Ezeli, Iguodala, just like you mentioned, right. to get Kevin Durant. What kind of message was that right. send? And then if you don't win the championship next year. See. So, so, I, so, yeah, Golden State's definitely got some a lot of things to get into. But right now let's transition back. So your thoughts on the Lance Stevenson thing. Obviously great upside. First game against Toronto, he had 16 points off the bench in only 22 minutes. He looked pretty darn mm-hmm. good. I liked him as a playmaker, facilitator role. Obviously he does some crazy things with the ball. Yeah. He literally dances from time to time with the ball. It's fun is, to watch, man. It's definitely fun to watch. <laughs> But your thoughts about Stevenson? Obviously, that eight million plus, you know, team option for this summer—is mm-hmm. it basically a rental, or you think the Grizzlies really think they have something here with Stevenson long term? <sighs>
2: Honestly, I, I think it's a rental. I can't see Stevenson being on the team long term. I can't see any of the any of the guys they picked up, him, Birdman, P.J. Harrison. Like, I can't see any of these guys being a part of their future that they're building. But it's definitely right now I think Stevenson is definitely going to play his ass off. I think the team's going to be supporting him around. They're going to be, like, trying to integrate him into their chemistry, into the flow of what they're trying to do with their offense. So I think right now he's going to work out. But as far as long term, I think they're going to definitely reevaluate it when the season's over with. I don't think he's going to be a part of those future plans.
0: I think they definitely decline that $8-plus 1000000 um, team option. But like you said, if he plays good, if he gets that role and they realize he's capable of, like um, Matt said, no way in hell you're giving him a four- mm-hmm. or five-year deal. So my opinion, one year with a team option again, see how he does, and then go from there. So mm-hmm. obviously it's only one game. Of course the Grizzlies are back in action tonight against the Lakers. Back-to-back games against the Lakers, you're not going to know anything about that. You should oh, take yeah. care of the Lakers regardless of what Stevenson does or does not do on the court. So – it's interesting because the guy is literally 25 years old. and you That's look, hard to think about, man. seems <laughs> like he's been through so much. Like James Ennis has only been in the league two years, and yeah. he's the same age as Lane Stevenson. Dang. And when you think about that, you think Stevenson's been in the league for like 10 years, yes. it feels like. right? It feels like him blowing in LeBron's ear was like a decade mm-hmm. ago. But that's the crazy thing is, Lance was so good and so triple-double every night it yeah. felt like in Indiana, right? And then I think the whole hype of Charlotte, just that just blew it all up. Yeah. Charlotte was expecting him to be the next superstar, which you should never At expect. At least the all-star. Yeah. <laughs> At and, least. And I don't know what Charlotte was thinking there. They were trying to make him say, you're my guy, we're going to do this. But mm-hmm. Lance is never the guy. If you give people who are around him who are damn good like he was in, in Indiana with yeah. Paul George, David West, I know not now, but Roy Hibbert was still an all-star back then. It's I, I hard see what you're saying. I'm, it's hard to believe, yeah. but he was an all-star. <laughs> back then. And then now with the Grizzlies, right? Mark and Mike should be all-stars. Zeebo's been an Mm all-star. So, it's interesting. I just, like Matt says, he just needs to be in the right system and people just need to let him do his thing.
2: Yeah, I think Lance is definitely a prime example of one of those situation type guys. I think that situation he had in Indiana was perfect. Like you said, in Charlotte, they looked for him to be the main guy. He couldn't handle it. But I can't, I can't, like you were saying with Lance, like Lance has all that talent, dude. He can do so many things and I can't believe that that just talent just falls out of a guy that yeah. fast. Like I, I'm not gonna believe that. I think it all has to be mental. Yeah, it all has to be mental and situational.
0: And it, and it, and it doesn't help when people are talking crap about you basically every you night, know. right? Because literally, Lance was up here. He was the much-watched discussion on ESPN yep. against that Miami and Indiana series, right? As soon as he goes to Charlotte, nobody cared about mm-hmm. Lance Simpson anymore. They're like, the next topic was when when's he getting out of Charlotte, yep. right? So it's interesting. Like we mentioned, literally 25 years old. Heck of a talent in there. This guy can put up triple-doubles any night. So we'll see. Like we mentioned, the Lakers tonight at home. Then, of course, day off, and then they go on the three-game road trip on the West Coast at the Lakers Friday night, back-to-back at Phoenix Saturday night, and then back to Denver on the Monday night. So your thoughts, all winnable games, but we always know at Denver is always tough. Lakers tonight, Kobe Bryant's final tour inside FedEx Foreman against the Grizzlies. So your thoughts on these next four games? Should they be all four wins or is the Grizzlies going to disappoint us as usual? <laughs> as usual. Well they
2: put it dis- <laughs> well,
0: disappoint us well, a lot. Well, well at
2: least under these sub five hundred teams they're great. They are standing against those guys. So I think with these ne- with these next few games lined up, that's who they're facing. That's the quality of their opponent. I think they they continue that trend. They take care of it. All those should be wins,
0: man. And I agree. It should be "quote unquote" should be four and zero, oh, but my gut feeling says it'll be three and one, and Denver will be the one they mess up against. Denver. It always seems like at Denver is always a tough one for some mm-hmm. reason when it shouldn't be. It's the air. Yeah, that, that's, that's what, that's what gets them. Thin air. Thin mm-hmm. air. Thin air for sure. So that's all the time we have today for the Ryan Glover Podcast with guests. Thank you so much to Matt Moore of CBSSports.com. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. Make sure you read all his great content over there at CBSSports.com. Thank you so much, of course, to Jordan Taylor for being the producer and the great co-host of mine. I am, of course, Ryan Glover. We'll be back next week with a great podcast edition. Until then, signing off.